and welcome to the Encounter Mercy podcast. I'm Vince and we have Father Andy Boyd as usual. How's it going, Father? Good and you, Vince. Going pretty going pretty well. Um, beautiful day today. I think the high was 72. It was nice. I just wish I didn't I, have to spend all day inside. Yeah, I enjoyed waking up uh, this morning at 7 o'clock when it was like 55, 60 degrees out. I, that's my favorite. I love this weather. Fall is coming a little too early for me, I think. I, like, it should be another month or so. No such thing. But no such thing. I enjoy this weather when it's crisp and cool out in the early mornings and late evenings and um, warmish during the day. Like this is the best weather for me. Oh yeah. So this gets me excited about fall, but then I know that in a couple of days, the temperature is going to ramp back up and we're going to be right into the dead heat of summer. And then I'm going to have to just wait it out to the end of September when things, the, the biggest thing for this fall that I really want is to have an actual fall. Cause I don't feel like we got that last year. We got chipped. I we think didn't. we got like two days no. of fall last year and it went from it summer went from to winter. 90, 91 day to snowing the next. It was just miserable. Right. I envision fall. I want to be in a pumpkin patch yeah. with a flannel shirt and jeans. That's what I want. That's what I want for my fall. And that's what I want whenever I take my kids out to, to go to the pumpkin picking pumpkins in the field. And uh, that's, that's just how I always thought of fall. And we, we really got chipped last year. Yeah. And if yeah. it's, if it's uh, this falls, anything else, you know, anything like the rest of 2020 has been, it's probably going to be another <laughs> crappy fall. <laughs> Let, let's, let's hope not. I mean, even if it's still where we're stuck in our, uh, in our own little circles and we can't um, go out anywhere still, at least give me the weather so I can set out on my front porch, which, you know, that was something else, you know, uh, we were chatting of course, before our uh, episode today. And something I should have said is, you know, I put a fence up in the front yard of the rectory. Oh, and not, like uh, one of those crazy uh, solid wood or solid metal. It's um, you can get them from Home Depot or Lowe's and you hammer these stakes into the ground that then hold a post and the fence just slides together. So I put a fence for the dog in the front yard. And so now I can just leave the front door open and he goes in and out. And it's great. It's great. So I can sit out on the front porch. So it's lovely, especially with this weather. I, I'm, I'm really enjoying that. So hopefully... Hopefully this can continue to happen. I also made an improvement for my dog this week. Well, really not really an improvement. I fixed what he broke. So I got a run line and he chases okay. the rabbits. And so he breaks run lines at least once a year. So I yep. just put a new one out. I put a, this year, what I've never done before, I put a spring on it. So I, I, I got, I went to Lowe's and I picked up a uh, front porch swing spring. Yeah. And it's rated for 300 pounds. So I put that on there. Okay. So at least there's some uh, some dynamic uh, stretch going on there and not just a static pull whenever he reaches the end of his line. So hopefully it lasts a little bit longer and we don't lose my dog again like we did over the weekend. Well, and that's the reason why I got the fence, uh, because, you know, I couldn't. I couldn't take it. He constantly was breaking the the run line from the front porch to the tree out front. And um, he'd get off and run. And now he didn't go far. I will say he never goes far because he knows where his home is. But I'm always afraid of what's going to happen if he gets out into the street or something. So it, it, I was blessed with a little bit of pocket cash from tax return. So I thought, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invest in a fence. And the thing is, that's nice is since it's not um, a permanent thing, it's sturdy enough that he can't get through it. But it's not permanent like I cemented stakes into the ground, so I can take it with me if I ever get Oh, moved. that's nice. So it's worth it. It's worth it because it gives me that peace of mind when I know he's outside. I would love the peace of mind of a fence. I can't wait to get one. 
Anyway, let's dive right into our topic. So I really, I really wanted to, uh, this, this has been on my, my, on my mind for like a week now. And I think it came up because I was doing some research into different types of photography. I can really like start pursuing just for fun, just as a hobby. And one of them was like documentary style photography or photo essays. Um, Sure. And I really want to just for my own, like my own, I'm not going to sell it or anything like that. I might put it online, but I want to do a photo essay on service and people who devote their lives to something greater than themselves. And I have a couple ideas of, of some people I want to just shadow for a couple of days or weeks or whatever it is over the course of a year or a couple of months and just kind of document what they do on a daily basis. And that got me thinking, I want to talk a little bit about service in our podcast today. And I think service really can be um, used to describe many things, but I guess let's start with the definition of service. So I'm not going to use any fancy dictionary. This is just dictionary.com. But service used as a noun is an act of helpful activity, help or aid. So to do someone a service. So it's, it's a pretty vague description. I don't know how, what you think there, father, but, uh, it can describe a lot of things, anything from service to others, to service, to the environment, to service for our parish, uh, to service for our country. And I'd like to talk a little bit about all the different ways as Christians, we can serve one another in our parishes, in our country and anything else that's going on. Um, and then maybe a call to action at the end on, you know, how, how you're going to serve. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking about it. Um, I just Googled defined service and, uh, their definition is the same, but the way they, uh, use it in a sentence kind of made me think about it. Millions are involved in voluntary service. And I think that's also a really important distinction. Oh yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, it's, can you really call it service if it's not voluntary? Well, I guess you can. It's involuntary service, but at that point, it's not. You're not willing to do it. You're being forced right. to, like a prisoner having to uh, pick up trash on the side of the highway. He's not. Right. He's not doing it willingly. This is a punishment and for yet, his crime. It's it's a service to people, right? So it's like providing a service. So now the other idea in this definition is providing a service. So you know, if you are a business owner you provide a service of your business to the community, but you also get some sort of, you know, something in return in that sense, right? So you're, you're providing a service. Like if you were an electrician, um, you expect that when you do a job, you're going to get paid because you're providing a service that deserves some sort of response. But in the same breath, do we do everything that we give as a service expecting some sort of return? And um, you know, as a good Christian, you know, we sometimes offer service to people or we help someone without expecting anything in return, right? Don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing, Christ says to us. And so when it comes to that kind of service, you know, you can also think about, see, this is where it gets a little tricky because all these thoughts about this whole idea, because someone can say, well, what about those companies that give money, donate money? All they're doing it for is the tax write-off. True, absolutely, but it's also benefiting other people. So that's a voluntary service, but it's also 
involuntarily helping people that maybe would never be be able to be helped before that. So you have to kind of look for the good in all things. But specifically, as you said, service is the act of helping or doing work for someone. Well, and I like how you kind of brought up the doing something, uh, expecting something in return versus not expecting something in return. Cause I think often this happens to, I know this happens to me all the time and I'm sure it happens to just about everybody is someone, you see someone in need and whether it's a neighbor or a family member or a friend and you help them. And in the back of your mind, you're thinking they owe me for this or I wonder what I'm going to get because of this. And to go in there with that kind of motivation uh, I think detracts from giving your giving every giving your time, your resources, your money, whatever it is, and expect absolutely nothing in return. And I think that's what we really need to focus on. And that's what I kind of really want to focus on in this episode, really. Yeah, yeah, and that's important because um, as a Catholic priest, as a priest in a church where uh, things need to get done. Um, the collections are, you know, helpful, but it doesn't always pay the bills completely. And there's a lot of times that we have to do things and you have to try to uh, do it the best you can for what little money we have. And a lot of the times it's by the generosity of others that we are able to complete our projects, whether it's because they gave us a little more money or they were able to offer their services to us. And it's, it is important to remember that Offering services as much as, you know, talking about getting some sort of payment back, um, we have a Christian obligation to assist our brothers and sisters, right? So we have the responsibility uh, given to us from Christ that we have to help out those in need. And so trying to figure out how, you know, who, who is in need and how we can best offer uh, to give to the community is something that we all have to take into consideration. And it, it can be, uh, it can be a difficult thing for a lot of people to try to figure it, out, well, it can what be can I do? Very daunting to figure that out. And if you haven't, if you haven't given it much thought when you start to, automatically, just like anything else, especially in my brain, I start with the biggest possible thing that requires the most work, the most time, and the most effort that is just very daunting and very hard to wrap my mind around. And I get frustrated and end up not even doing it. Right. So we can, it doesn't have to be the biggest thing. You don't have to go to the homeless shelter every single day and and donate your time. You don't have to, if, if it's something that is that that is too much of a burden. You don't have to do that. Start small. Right. That's right. That's right. Start with something that doesn't take any time, like make a donation for something if you can afford it. Or right. if you can't offer an hour to a month doing something to help somebody. And remember that when we when we offer ourselves and we truly offer it to Christ, when we truly offer it to God, he outdoes himself in his generosity. If we look at the woman with the coin, you know, so um, Christ is standing in the temple area and a woman drops a single coin in and she doesn't make a big deal out of it. But 
in fact, the the other person who is very rich, the very rich man, makes a big deal out of his sing uh, his much much money that he's giving, and so, you know, who is it that God looks upon with greater love? Well, first off, he loves all of us, no matter what. He loves each and every one of us. But who does God look upon, uh, you know, more affectionately? Is that poor woman who, in her trust, in her trust in God, has given everything to Him? Right. Same thing with the story of Elijah walking through the town who had gone through a, a drought and a famine. And um, he goes to the woman and says, make me something to eat and bring it to me. And her response is, is I'm sorry, sir, but I can't because I'm going to take this bread, this uh, flour, excuse me, turn into uh, a dough and bake it and feed it to my son and myself. And this will be the last thing that we eat and we will die. And he says to her, have faith in God, make me something to eat, make something for yourself and then uh, bring it back here. And she was able to make enough food to live off of that bread, that, uh, that flour, I should say for a whole year. So offering service doesn't just also mean offering out of our surplus, right? It means actually giving a part of ourself up to you know for for someone else or for something else and so it's not just like i'm grateful for the people who have plenty of money and and you know are able to give but in the same breath it's also important for that person who truly can't afford it but they're giving what they can and then they see such great uh, return you know i often think about within my first year of being a priest um the parish that I was, uh, that I'm working at, there was a funeral one Saturday morning and I happened to have the funeral. And after the funeral, a gentleman was in the church and it's a Saturday morning. I wanted to lock up the church because I really, really just wanted to go and sit down before I had to go celebrate the evening mass. And this gentleman walks into the church and says to me, was there a funeral here today? I said, yes, yes, there was. And he said, I'm so sorry to hear that. Who died? And I gave the name. He said, oh, I remember them. And he pulls out a wad of money from his pocket. And he says, father, can you take this? And he hands me $300. I, uh, I said, are you sure you want to give this much? And he said, I just got my first paycheck back after not being paid for six months. And I really want to be able to give something back to the church because it was the church that got me through those six months with no money. Wow. And so he gave me $300. That was half of his first paycheck. And it was out of his trust in God. I said, are you sure? Do you, I, before I took it, I said, do you have enough money that you can make sure you're taking care of yourself? Somewhere to stay, something to eat, uh, you know, make sure you have clothes because it was starting to get into the winter months and it was cold. And he said, Father, I got it all. I got it all. And I just want to make sure that I give this back. And so, you know, what trust, what trust that person had, um, you know, I've, I'd never seen him before and I don't think I've ever seen him again, but that person had trust in God and gave his money to the church, you know, for use for wherever we needed it. And that is, you know, he didn't provide a service to us, but he had trust in God that God would get him through that. And that's kind of what we have to do in our, in our opportunities of giving of ourselves too. Right. And, it, and it doesn't have, it doesn't, like we said, it doesn't have to be money. So one thing I heard, and I can't remember where I heard, I'm trying to remember where I heard this. 
It doesn't, that doesn't really matter. But for say, let's say that you're a plumber and you're not doing the plumbing work in your church and they have to hire somebody when they have an issue, then there's an opportunity for you. Donate yeah. your time and your skills, just like the people who founded, probably who founded every single parish that any, whoever's listening, the parish that you go to probably was founded by the, the local community and they put their blood, sweat and tears into that place and never asked for a single thing out of it. And what do we do today? Well, what is the church going to do for me? And, right. and I only have time for one hour on Sunday. If that, if that, and so why not take your skills that you have and use them in the church, go to the pastor and say, Hey, I'm, I'm a marketing person and I know that you need, I could see that you have a pretty outdated website and you might need a little bit of help. Let me help you. I'll give you a couple hours a week or a couple hours a month, whatever it is. I'm give you some ideas or let me take this over and help you. Uh, or I'm a plumber. Hey, if you ever have any plumbing issues, I'll take care of it or electrician, whatever it may be and donate your, your skills in service to the church. Yeah. Yeah. You know, living in another parish before I was a priest, uh, when I was just a seminarian, uh, the one parish I was living in the hot water, um, boiler. So it was a really old, they took an old school building and converted it into the rectory offices, chapel, everything. And, um, the old hot water boiler blew just like it started it something must have rusted out and just was there was water pouring all over the first floor of this building the rectory was on the second floor and the priest didn't have heat because it was a hot water it was the hot water heater uh boiler he didn't have heat for the winter or for like a week uh because it happened or a weekend excuse me for a weekend it happened on a uh, friday afternoon and they they had absolutely no money or any way to get this fixed especially over a weekend like that so he had to live off of an electric heater for the weekend trying to stay warm and um he said to the people i really hate to have to do this but uh, the hot water tank blew in the uh, rectory and the office and so now we don't have heat over there and we have to do something about it. And this is not an expense we were expecting, but we, I really need help by the end of the day. Not only did he have the money, uh, you know, uh, pledged and checks in hand going to the bank by the end of Sunday, he had five parishioners who were plumbers that said, all right, we'll band together and we can buy the parts tonight and we'll get it all fixed by Tuesday morning. And by the end of Monday evening, it was fixed. You know, and so that's, it shouldn't take um, a major catastrophe like that for it to happen, but what a great experience of the community working together to help the church, right? And and that's that's an extremely important thing. Now, coming from someone, yeah, technically I'm not a pastor yet, but having experience working with people like that, uh, the first thing I would always do is if I know someone in my parish um, offers a service, like for instance, is a plum or something, I'm always going to make sure that I ask their business first, if they can help us, not by getting any sort of discounts. That's not what I'm talking about, but I'm always going to use a parishioner's company. If they're an electrician and they're a parishioner, I'm going to ask them first, because first off, 
I want them to feel like they're a part of the community. I want them to feel like, yeah, I can take pride in the fact that as an electrician, I was able to help father with this, you know? And, and so I would always, um, ask around for that first because I want to, and I also would, I want to be able to trust the people that I'm having come in. And I think that someone who has a vested interest is going to want to make sure that things are taken care of well. So I, you know, these are important uh, tasks that we have at hand, but maybe Vince, what if, you know, what if you don't have a skill like that? What if you're not an electrician or a plumber and the, or the boiler hasn't blown up? I like your idea about offering about if you're a web designer or something and are willing to give a hand with that. Cause that for a lot of priests, you know, not for me particularly, but for a lot of priests, that is a daunting task to have to take on, especially, I mean, now we've kind of been forced into it because of COVID, but if they're not familiar with tech, how do, you know, how do they take care of it? Someone could so, offer. Well, one thing we all have in varying, we all have varying degrees of this, but life experience. And for example, um, my parish is starting up a new program and they reached out to my wife to ask if she could help just based on her being a mom of two children and having some experience with a different similar program at, a, at another church. And it, it's just, it can be something as simple as that. It could be Okay, you're a mom and there are other, you know, maybe you're an older mom. Your kids are out of school. But yeah, you you're and you're noticing all the the young mothers in your parish are stressed out. They don't know what they're doing. You always see, you know, even my my wife, uh, and we have we're still young, we're still young, by the way. But my, you know, my wife, every time she sees like a, a new mom who doesn't have their kids strapped into their car seat the right way. She, no matter, she doesn't, didn't even need to know the person. She steps in and says, Hey, just so you know, that strap needs to be a little bit tighter and a little bit higher up or whatever it is. Um, just out of, you know, trying to protect that child. And we all have some degree of experience. And then there's also someone in the parish who is lacking that degree of experience that would ver- really benefit from that. So it doesn't yeah. have to be heroic. Like the examples that you mentioned, it could be something as simple as, Hey, your car seat strap isn't right. Uh, and I don't want anything to happen on the, on your drive home after mass. So really could be anything. Did you have any other ideas? Well, I mean, the other thing I was thinking is, um, just in general, the old adage of it takes a village and it's true. You know, we can't do this alone. If anybody thinks that they can do it alone, then first off, they're ignoring God (laughs) and God says that we have to trust on other people. Right. So my talents are not the same as yours. And yours aren't the same as three, uh, anybody else in the parish because you have a specific experience that is going to benefit, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not the, it's also not the old adage of everybody's special. No, no, no. It goes beyond that. You know, it's whatever. If you want to say that, oh, hi, Henry. For all those listening, my dog just decided to jump up on my lap. Anyway, you know, it's, it's the fact that we all have um, something that we can offer. Even if it's something like you said, something small as helping out other moms. Or maybe you uh, you can offer to just say, hey, you know, there's nothing going on for young adults. Mind if I start like getting some other people together and just having an opportunity to meet? You know, father might say, yes, please. I've been looking for someone to head this up. I just don't have time to do it myself, right? Or, you know, if... if um, it, it, it all depends. That's, uh, that's what I'm thinking about is that there's like, there's always something in the parish that could, we could use some help on that. We, I can't do everything. Well, I thought right? the priest could do everything. 
and they were. Uh, if if no? only. Am I if wrong? Only that were the truth. Yeah, I, I think that's that's one thing that yeah, just it doesn't. It could just be an interest. It could be, hey, I love to play video games and would love to have some kind of video game ministry in our church where we, you know, it, do, it doesn't matter, whatever it may be. And yeah. uh, like I said, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. And I just so lost also, my thought. Oh, no, go ahead. Because I just no, lost I my this, thought. This also kind of goes back to the old three T's. And you hear this horrible homily once a year. Um, the three T's. Uh, that you can offer your time, your talent, and your treasure. So your time, just going in and offering in volunteering ways. Um, I remember there was a time when we were doing a lot of envelopes and I finally got rid of all those envelopes because I I kind of switched everything over to email because I don't like wasting the paper because it costs money. Anyway, so I was sending out envelopes left, right, and center, and I needed someone to come in and stuff the envelopes, uh, shut the envelopes, and stamp them. So, uh, there were people that I was able to vol had they volunteered. They came in, they folded my letters, they stuffed them in envelopes, they stamped them, and put them in the mail for me. And so that was really helpful. That was really helpful. So that's just offering your time. Your talents are like what we were talking about. You're good with computers. Maybe they need some help with technology, right? Or a website. Or you're good with um even if it's not you're good with it, but you are interested in this or that or something else, and you think it would be beneficial, offering your talents to the pastor and say, hey, I'm interested in this. And he might point you over and say, oh, that's great. Go talk to so-and-so. They'll get you set up or they'll talk to you about it. You know, And then your treasure. We can always use money. So this isn't just about, uh, uh, we're not like, See, I told you, it's a horrible homily that I I hate having to give because it's the same thing every year. Okay, now that I've said all these other things that you won't do, all right, give me your money, 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 money. I'm a money grabber, money grabber. But it's true though, if we actually ignore the third one, because that seems to be what anybody focuses on. They don't want to hear about the money aspect. But it's not just about throwing money at a problem and that's going to fix it because rarely does that ever work. Oh, sure. Uh, I While we're on it, I want to throw a, a freebie out to anybody who is a first responder or deals in the medical field at all. But one thing, um, I mean, there's so many things you can do with COVID, but I'm thinking like, uh, and I hate to, to go to this, but like active shooter. Okay. You're in a church yes. and you're a target, whether you like it or not, you're a target. And some churches are doing a good job at hardening themselves as a target and others are not. And yes. one thing that everyone can benefit from, and it doesn't have to be active shooter. It can be a car accident. It could be anything is bleeding control and, yes. and the importance yes. of a tourniquet. So hold a class on, on the stop the bleed campaign or teach the ushers. Yes. Yeah, CPR is another one. Teach the usher, the, uh, the ushers, these things, because they're the ones that are going to be up and around. They're always paying attention to what's going on. At least they're supposed to be, or they should, um, and teach them, you know, if, if, if you're in law enforcement, teach them, um, you know, different ways to uh, detect somebody who is about to do something that they're not supposed to. You know, Here's the, another the idea. Signs. If you're if you're in law enforcement, how about offer to be an usher? Yeah, I think that's a great idea. 
Like yeah. just go out of your way. Yeah, it might suck because you don't want to talk to people, but go out of your way. Be an usher because, you know, uh, on multiple levels, if you are in law enforcement and you are an usher, not only will they know you as officer so-and-so, but they'll also remember, oh, yeah, he's the usher at my church. It creates that unity. It creates that family connection that maybe there isn't so much hatred towards one another. Yeah. What a novel idea. It, that really needs to happen. Uh, and, that, 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 that solves something else in the community as well. Um, but th- th- I think that's just one thing, you know, if we just, if you had a simple class, at least for ushers or for anybody else in the parish that wants to be there on, Hey, here's how you use a tourniquet. And maybe you should carry one everywhere you go. Keep one in your purse, keep yeah. one in your car, keep one, you know, wherever. Um, I think that that's a good way to offer your service if you have that. So if you're listening and you have the, those, uh, skills, please reach out because it's something that's needed everywhere. It's not just in churches, like everywhere. I think every single person on the planet should have a t- tourniquet on them at all times, or at least keep one in your car. Cause you never know sure. when car accidents, people bleed out in car. I mean, we're, this is, Absolutely. this is, I'm getting off topic here, but I think that's a freebie. Everyone, anyone who has that experience well, I, can do. I, I totally agree with you, especially, you know, thinking about, um, in the medical field. So first off, um, you and I both know this and I hope our listeners know this as well, that, you know, if you're in the medical field, you have a responsibility to step in if someone gets hurt and, and try to help, but you also have the protection of the good Samaritan, acts, right? So like, that's a good thing. And what I'm thinking about is in two of the three parishes that I've worked heavily in, they have had someone, um, not technically on staff, but someone who's a volunteer as the parish nurse. And what does that mean? Well, in the experience that I've had in the two parishes that have had a parish nurse once a month for the elderly, which Yes, sadly, majority of our churches are filled with the elderly, but for the elderly, they'll do free. Hey, we want them there. Well, we do. We do. <laughs> and that's not a bad thing. It's just, we also want the youth and I, I you know, yes. we want to see the church continue. But um, for the elderly, they offer free uh, blood pressure testing, which if an older person doesn't know how to do it or doesn't have the equipment to do it, that could mean life or death for them. Sure. Right. Or not just... Um, the free blood pressure checks, but also um, uh, teaching you how to do things. Like if you just found out you're diabetic, teaching you how to check your insulin and check your blood sugar levels, things like that. So that's another way that a nurse can offer their time and their talent, right? Um, But I'm also thinking about the fact that in two parishes that I have been at, um, in one of them, we had a gentleman die in mass. And then another one who legally probably did die and a woman um, who we both know revived that man and he's now living again. But the point is that, you know, because we had medical professionals who knew what they were doing. Now, granted, all medical professionals, I hope, would know what they're doing. But we had two people who knew what they were doing. Hold on. Not what, only do you, did they, what do you what do you call a doctor who graduated last in their class? A doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you call a priest who graduated last in his class? Father Andy. I mean, um, <laughs> anyway, the point is, is that, you know, you, you would hope that they would know what they're doing. So you um, have that responsibility as a medical professional. I, I mean, it's there, but at the same breath, it's also, you have to step out of yourself to do it sometimes to actually fulfill that. But what a great thing for you to offer that. Like, what if, just a thought, what if you were able to prevent some of those things because you were paying attention 
to the people around you. There's a doctor that I know, a wonderful man. Well, actually two doctors, but the one in particular that I'm thinking of, um, he he has saved some people because he noticed something was not right with them as they entered the church doors. He went over to them and made sure that they that he took care of them right then and there, and they left. This one woman in particular, she he said, if you didn't come to church today, you would have died because she looked pale. And when he took her blood pressure, it had been dropping steadily. So there's little things like that is paying attention, offering your talents and making sure that we actually care about one another. What a novel idea. How about that? It is truly possible for us to donate our time, talent, and treasure without it seeming like it is a burden. Because if we actually pay attention to our brothers and sisters and realize that we are a family of offering our services and offering our time as a service to others, we can truly build a greater community. And I'm pretty sure that's, if you ask any priest, that's what we're truly trying to do is bring about community and bring about family and bring about unity my mother ever were to listen to this episode, she'd start screaming in my ear, unity, unity. It's all her thing. You know, she always is trying to bring together unity in her family. And we're still trying to do that as a Christian people, bring about unity. And that is one thing that we are striving to do. And that's hard right now with everything going on. It's hard, hard. but we got to find ways. And there are ways and I know we can do it. And I have faith in people that we can do it. It's just taking that step out of ourselves, out of our comfort zone and actually going and doing something about it. But it's, it's that issue of actually recognizing that there are people beyond me that matter. Yep. So, Hey, I think it's, do you have anything else? Cause I think that's a good place to end it. The only thing I would say is don't forget that there's other ways to uh, give your time and talent and treasure. And one of them is of course, in your vocation, um, not oh, just yeah. uh, what your job is, is, but, you know, thinking about becoming, if you are a man, an unmarried man, becoming a priest, if you are a married man, um, offering your time as a deacon, or if you are still discerning your vocation, becoming a, a monastic, if you are a woman, you know, offering your time in your um, parishes, doing things around there, but specifically giving your time as a dedicated mother or a dedicated single person or joining a monastery or a convent, um, you know, these are all important things to pay attention to. And so, you know, giving up, uh, becoming a priest doesn't just mean, oh yeah, I'm becoming a priest. It also means giving up a lot of things. But so does the same with marriage. Becoming a married man or a married woman isn't just, yeah, I'm getting married. You're also giving up certain things. And I don't think we always pay attention to that. So that is truly an act of service as well. I'm not trying to just pat myself on the back being a priest, but it's the fact that truly um, these men who have become priests in your parishes have given up certain things in their life. And that's a part of service. Because remember, it's, it's voluntary. And it's doing or helping someone else. And I think that's important because being a priest is truly voluntary. No one can be forced to be a priest, just like no one can truly be forced to be married, right? So it's allowing in that moment the Lord to work through you by you uh, voluntarily following his will. And that is truly can be an act of service. And so don't um, diminish your thoughts, if you are thinking about any of the vocations, whatever it might be, marriage, uh, single life, 
the convent or religious order or becoming a priest or a deacon. Um, these are true, true callings from the Lord and can be acts of service and should be acts of service, voluntary service, not involuntary. Because if, I mean, a priest can truly become involuntary servicing a parish or a community because they start to um, either become depressed or hate their lives or whatever it might be. But the point is, is that offering up for that community, whatever you can, um, you know, it, it has to be a, of a service center. It can't be about bolstering someone's ego. It's about giving up all of that who they are for Christ. And so vocation truly is a service. It's a service and one that we all should continue to consider and pray on. And and I'll just add, uh, if you haven't been in contact with your parish priest to reach out, I challenge you to reach out to him because I'm sure there are a lot of priests out there who feel like they're on an Island right now. Absolutely. And they, you know, just, just, reach out to them and say, Hey, I'm praying for you. I'm thinking about you. And is there anything I can do to help you? Yeah. Send them an email or send them a card or give them a phone call. Like, yeah, I know we're busy. Um, but I'm sure that a lot of my brothers wouldn't mind, especially right now when we kind of all feel isolated because it's hard, you know, yes, we can finally go back to church in our diocese. Some places they still can't, or maybe it's not safe for them to go back yet. Point being, they might still feel isolated. And I know, I know for a fact, the retired clergy who aren't in the parishes anymore, they definitely feel isolated, especially if they're living in a nursing home because they can't have outside visitors. So maybe find the retired clergy in your diocese, send them a little note, especially if they were at your parish, maybe even your parish when you were growing up, find that retired priest or deacon or whoever it might be, and send them a little card saying, hey, I'm thinking of you, praying for you, I love you, I miss you, etc. You know, hope you're doing well. Because I know for a fact um, that a lot of those guys would really appreciate that because they feel isolated. You know, I'm lucky. I have family and friends that I can keep in contact with. I don't feel isolated, but it's, but other guys, I know for a fact they feel isolated. And I hear it. I hear it from them. And I also hear it from everybody that goes to confession because we all are slightly isolated now, but reach out to one another, offer your time, your talent, your treasure, not just to your parish, but to one another, no matter where you might be. All right. Sounds good. So uh, that's where we're going to end it. And uh, I encourage all of you to check out our website, EncounterMercy.com. Follow hey, us. Reach out to us. Reach out to us because uh, we're, we're feeling a little bit neglected and, and unloved. Well, I wasn't going to tell them that we were feeling sad, but, but we're feeling sad. We haven't heard from you guys in a long time. I don't know if you're not listening anymore. No, I know we, we still have a, um, a, a good core group of listeners. And I thank you for that, for sticking with us, uh, no matter how crazy and off topic we may get, but, uh, (laughs) check us out on social media. Um, and, uh, I look forward to the next episode and, uh, father, we got to record a little bit more here so that we're not doing these things last minute, even though I don't think oh, this sounded like yes. a good last minute one. This was, this was a good one. So reach out to your parish priest, ask them what you can do. 